Today's, today's reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 12 to 24. From my letters, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of the Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that will be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must return to God in repentance and have faith in Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit wants me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Hey, thank you, James. Thank you, everybody. Uh, you know, today's been a full of surprises. Uh, and uh, I think maybe one of the biggest ones was seeing all these children and all the kids up here. And, uh, you know, I know that uh, a lot of you have put so much into this. I want to thank the Staff Parish Relations Committee uh, and their chair, Vicki Morgan. They took the lead on all of this. I want to thank my staff. They do so much coordination uh, I want to thank all the worship leaders this morning, especially the musicians, uh, the band, the choir, the vocalists, the intermediates, Thank you. That last song was like a praise party, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, I want to thank all of you for making this seem not, le not like my funeral. I appreciate that especially. And I, and I want to welcome all of you that I see, and I'm, I've seen some, but not all of you who are here from my previous appointments and other places. Some of you I've known for such a long time. It's great to see you. And um, as I look out at this crowd, as, as uh, Jen was mentioning and Donna, that uh, I baptized some of you, confirmed some of you, hired some of you, <laughs> conducted your wedding. I was going to say I, I haven't conducted your funeral, but... <laughs> Maybe I've conducted a family member's funeral for you. It's, it has been an honor to be a part of your life. You know, thank you. Uh, there, there, have been, there have been some memorable moments along the way. I remember uh, the sand ceremony at an outdoor wedding on a windy day. And a lot of that colored sand did not make it into the jar. <laughs> the sand was a-blowing in the wind. I remember a church wedding where there was a 10-year-old flower girl who fainted and fell over flat like a board. Poor kid. And then another where the, where the bride fainted and just sort of melted like butter. For, fortunately, the groom uh, scooped her up, you know. 
And then there was the, the wedding where the, the ring bearer crawled over the communion rail and knocked over the candelabra. It came crashing down right between me and the bride and the groom. And the congregation just gasped, <gasps> you know. And uh, fortunately, the candles blew out on the way down. I just, I just picked up the candelabra and said, well, there's no such thing as a perfect wedding. <laughs> and I want to thank uh, my family members who are able to be with Trish and me today, uh, both of my parents, two brothers and a sister-in-law, and our son and daughter. Forty-two years ago, Trish and I left seminary and moved to Nebraska to begin an adventure and I don't know how I could have done it without her. I know, I know not nearly as, as well. In every church, uh, she has found ways to serve here at Faith Westwood. She primarily served with student ministry and the worship band. And every time I see her up there playing with the band, I go, wow. I'd like to take that guitar player out for lunch. <laughs> and I almost always get my wish, right? And one thing that has amazed me through the years is how often Trish takes notes on my message. <laughs> I, 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 she could not pay me a greater compliment. You know, when your wife takes notes on what you say, that is really a miracle, <laughs> you know? And, and the way I look at it, uh, retiring is an act of faith. It is part of my adventure of following Jesus. And he is still in charge of our lives, and he's still going to have things for us to do. We just don't know what they all are yet. And uh, so I want to appreciate all, uh, tell you I appreciate all that you've done today. And, uh, but ultimately, this day is not about me. It's about the one who saved this sinner. And anything that you see in me that, that is worthy of admiration came from him. My job as a preacher is not to point to myself, but to point to him. And now I'd like for us to, to join together in this prayer, this 13th century prayer from Richard of Chichester. It's an ancient prayer. Um, let's just join together. Thanks be to you my Lord Jesus Christ, for all the benefits you have given me, for all the pains and insults you have borne for me. O oh, most merciful Redeemer, friend, and brother, may I know you more clearly, love you more dearly, and follow you more nearly day by day. Amen. Well, you may not all know this, but today is the ninth Sunday in a series we've been doing here at Faith Westwood. Uh, it's called The Adventure. We're traveling with the Apostle Paul on his three missionary journeys. And uh, I'm not going to waste this moment. I want you to, to learn about this and know about it. Th these three missionary journeys span about ten years of Paul's life. And during that time, he also writes uh, at least six of his letters that are found in our Bibles. Uh, two to the Thessalonians, two to the Corinthians, and uh, one to the Galatians, and then his masterpiece, the letter to the Romans. Our theme verse uh, for this series, we've been trying to say every Sunday, is Acts 13, 4, which was originally about Paul and Barnabas. But I'd like to appropriate these words 
to be about Trish and me today. Let's say them together, shall we? The two of them were sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. Last Sunday, we set out with Paul on his third journey, and after spending three years in Ephesus, about uh, Paul and his cohort traveled to Macedonia. So here's the map. I got uh, some little map stuff here for you. In his letter to the Romans, he says that he has taken the gospel as far as the province of Illyricum, which is north of Macedonia. So I've got a little arrow pointing up, and then Illyricum would be in, in Yugoslavia today. And it seems like this was the only time Paul could have gone there, so he must have. And then next he goes to Greece uh, for three months, probably over the winter. And he intends to sail uh, from Greece back to Syria, but then he learns of a plot against him by his Jewish opponents, so he escapes back north to Macedonia, and I put the return trip in blue. Um, he celebrates Passover in Philippi before sailing east to Troas, uh, and he's got seven weeks uh, to make it to Jerusalem because he wants to be there in time for the Pentecost festival. And Paul spends a week of it there in Troas. Then he walks across the little peninsula and boards a ship. The, the vessel then hopscotches its way down south uh, along the coast. It's kind of like a bus loading and unloading passengers and cargo along the way. And one of the ports where they land is Miletus. Uh, Paul sends for the elders of the church in Ephesus, his dear friends, to come and meet him there. So... Let's open our Bibles now to Acts chapter 20, starting with verse 20. There should be Bibles in front of you. A lot of you have them on your phone or you brought your Bible today, but wherever, grab a Bible. I want you to open it with me. Um, the, the, no? Oh, they took them all out for vacation Bible school. I wish I had a thought of that. <laughs> All right. I did overhear something about that, which, anyway, anyway. So, uh, I'll tell you what it says. How about that? At the heart of Paul's urgent uh, appeal to them is to keep watch over the flock. And that's the heart of my message to you today. Keep watch over the flock. That's what shepherds do. They, they, they guard the sheep against wolves and rustlers. In Acts 20, verse 20, Paul says, you know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you. And you know, I look back over these 42 years and I realize I, I have tried to do the same. I have preached on anything and everything that would help you become a deep, daring, daily disciple of Jesus. As Paul said in verse 27, I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. One of my most watched sermons here at Faith Westwood was a, a series called Sacred Sex. Remember that one? Uh, I've also talked about creation and evolution, women in church leadership, how we reconcile holy war in the Bible, all kinds of things. Verse 21, Paul says, I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. How many times 
Have I invited you to do that? To repent and receive Jesus by faith? How many opportunities have I given you to surrender your lives to him as your Lord and Savior? And my greatest joy as a pastor is always learning that some of you have said yes to that. You have been saved by grace through faith. You were once, you once were lost, but now are found. We're blind, but now you see. It makes me want to shout hallelujah. And yet, maybe some of you are still riding the fence. And so, after today, I have to leave that up to God and you. Verse 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. And what is that good news? A few weeks ago, I shared with you my summary, uh, what I called the one-minute gospel. In exactly 100 words, it tells a story of the good news of God's grace. So I'll put it, let me put it up on the screen. With love for his lost creation, God kept his promise to Israel by sending Jesus, the Father's eternal Son in human flesh. Through his victorious life, death, and resurrection, Jesus defeated God's enemies and reigns as Lord of all. By his atoning sacrifice on the cross, Sinners who repent and receive him by faith are continually freed from idolatry, forgiven of their sins, filled with the Holy Spirit, and given transformed hearts. Today, his church follows him, loving everyone, pursuing holiness, discipling the nations, awaiting his return on the day of judgment and resurrection when Jesus makes all things new. This is, this is the story. This is God's story, and now it's our story. And Jesus is the heart of that story. And day by day, we're getting to know him better and learning to live into that story. And then in verse 28, we come to Paul's urgent appeal. He says, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Why is this so urgent? Because, as he says in subsequent verses, predators will come in like savage wolves, preaching a different gospel. Paul has seen it happen in his churches. It might even be someone from, who emerges from within the church who thinks he or she knows more than everybody else, and they want to start a new church in their own name. And so I say, keep watch over yourselves. Keep watch over each other. You know, that's been a big part of my responsibility. It'll soon be a part of Pastor Cindy's responsibility here. But it's also your responsibility. Keep watch over the flock. Stay true to the gospel. Stay true to the whole will of God. Stay true to each other. And you know, there is so much at stake. 
As I said before, I believe that in the coming years, Faith Westwood will emerge as the most important United Methodist Church in Omaha. This church has the people, the passion, and the potential to reach so many with the gospel. And I want you to know, Faith Westwood, I believe in you. And I believe in all my former churches. I believe in what God is doing in you. And some of you are in different places now. But I believe in what God is doing in you. Never let it go. By the way, this retirement service and the pizza lunch are not the most important things happening here today. Vacation Bible School starts tonight. And you can see the eagle has landed. <laughs> I didn't know the landing gear was made of two-by-fours when it landed on the moon, but apparently so. Uh, many kids from the community are coming. And what an awesome opportunity this is. And I just want to say, we need a bunch more crew leaders tonight. And assistant crew leaders. Maybe you can't come all these first four nights. You could come to two or three. Help us out. It's an easy thing to do. I love being a crew leader. You just hang out with a handful of kids and have fun going through VBS with them. It's almost like reliving your childhood. The only adult thing you have to do is watch over your little flock and, and try not to lose any of them. <laughs> it's really not very hard. Uh, and and uh, so this morning at the children's desk in the foyer, you can sign up. They got a little tablet computer there or they'll just take your information, whatever. About a decade ago, in a message uh, series that I did, I talked about seven ways that we relate to Jesus. Uh, and it, this, the, 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 the seven things were outlined in a prayer, and I would like to end with that prayer now. And as I say it, I, I invite you to consider how you respond to Jesus. Lord Jesus, I am lost without you desperate for you, amazed by you, calling on you, mourning with you, rejoicing in you, surrendered to you. Amen. Which of these responses do you feel like Jesus is putting his finger on your heart to say, lost without him, desperate for him, amazed by him, calling on him, mourning with him, rejoicing in him, surrendered to him. Let's pray it one more time. Lord Jesus, I am lost without you, desperate for you, amazed by you, calling on you, mourning with you, rejoicing in you, surrendered to you. Amen. And as you leave the worship center today, the ushers have a card for you that I've had prepared, and it contains this prayer and the one-minute gospel I'd like you to take home today. Okay?
Now, um, I've not done, uh, you know, in my churches, I don't really do much music, even though I, I, I love to. It's kind of like, I, I know that I'm going to be a better preacher if I don't kind of distract myself in too many ways. So I've kind of kept uh, doing my own music to a minimum. Uh, but, you know, there are all these surprises here and uh, for me, and I thought, well, I'm going to do a surprise for you. <laughs> and uh, so I'm playing uh, my mountain dulcimer, and uh, uh, yeah. Uh, you, can, you can find me on YouTube. I've got some. And the reason I put those on YouTube is just so that I can watch them later and remember how I played it. <laughs> you know, it's not really for any other reason, but. Um, all right. Are we, are we, uh, I'm not sure we're, we're on yet. Okay, now we are. Crank it up. <laughs> this song was written, uh, the, the words were first published in 1868. And uh, shortly after that, this tune was written for it. And uh, I think that walking with Jesus and following him is, is like having a song in your heart that cries out to be sung. And so this song is, uh, How Can I Keep From Singing? My life flows on in endless song Above earth's lamentation I hear the sweet though far off hymn that hails a new creation. Through all the tumult and the strife, I hear the music ringing. It finds an echo in my soul. How can I keep from seeing? Savior liveth, what though the darkness gather round, songs in the night he giveth, no storm can shake my inmost calm, while to that rock I'm clinging, since Christ is Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? I see the blue above it, 
And day by day this pathway smooths Since first I learned to love it The peace of Christ makes fresh my heart A fountain never springing All things are mine since I am His How can I keep from singing? No storm can shake my inmost calm While to that rock I'm clinging Since Christ is Lord of heaven and earth How can I keep from singing? How can I keep from singing? How can I keep from singing? Thank you.